We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show. Halfway home on a Tuesday night with you. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 929 The Game. At uh, 929 The Game. Well, I did say that, right? At 929 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. At JMCH316 on my Twitter page. I'm going through 19 pages of uh, stuff here right now. Um... Hey, week two's in the books. Get all your Falcons reaction with Peachtree Football hosts Bull Morgan and who's this other guy? Dylan Matty Hughes. <laughs> Let's do it, so, man. So Come let on. me see. They bring you uh they bring you along to analyze what went right, what went wrong. Follow Peachtree Football on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcast from. So here's the thing. Okay, I'll be the a-hole. So when Sean Thompson told me years ago, nobody wants to just produce anymore. Um, I'm glad to know that we have time for all these podcasts, but we don't have time to be here and produce the show you got promoted to do. Anyway. <sighs> yeah. Uh, anyway. All right. Look. It's not been a good start to the season for Georgia Tech. And obviously, that performance on Day-Day. Do, mm-hmm. do you remember a few weeks ago when – the, the Falcons played their preseason game here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep, yep. Do you remember whatever it was before the game or halftime when Blooper was on the field and he was playing against those small kids? Yeah. And he was stiff-arming them yeah, 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 and yeah. knocking them all down and around? Yep. That was the Ole Miss running backs, the Georgia Tech's <laughs> defense on Saturday. Yeah, it got That was I, the same thing. Yeah, it got ugly early, too. It did. It, 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 got, it got way out of control very, very quickly. Now, <laughs> I thought it was interesting that Lane Kiffin was even asked about this, and he was talking about his offense, trying to get some things worked out and this, any other, and he said, quote, and this was his post-game press conference, quote, I would have liked the opportunity to throw more with Luke. This is their other quarterback that they brought in. But having empathy for what was going on in that game on the other sideline and the hot seat or whatever he's on, 
just didn't really feel like it was right. Woo, boy. You got a coach that even understands that you're on the hot seat and, and all that. Okay, here's the numbers. Jeff Collins and his contract, right? He's only making $3.3 million this year. It'll go up to $3.6 million if he goes all the way through 2025. These are the buyouts because this is all that matters in the world of college football. What is your buy? Your contract means nothing. All that matters is what is your buyout, right? Doesn't matter if you're the highest paid, lowest paid. Tell me how much it costs to get rid of you. And we see Nebraska may have set a precedence in, in you know, saying that, you know what, at this point it doesn't even right. matter. exactly. Now, if Georgia Tech fires Jeff Collins prior to 2023, then they are on the hook for 100% of his remaining contract salary, which is $10.5 million. Now, okay, I'll be honest with you. That's a good amount of money I know for Tech. In the grand scheme of things, that's not the end-all, be-all of the world. If they fire him starting in 2023 or beyond, $2.4 million is the buyout. Now, I have said for weeks and weeks on this show, and a college football show, here on this show, this and the other, before the season started, that there's a legitimate chance that if they lose Saturday on to uh, down in Orlando to Central Florida, they're going to lose the following week up in Pittsburgh. You're going to start off one and four. And as I just talked with Chris Vanini, Go look at the second half of their schedule. They're in Florida State. You've got North Carolina. You've got Georgia. You have a lot of really tough games in the second party schedule. Where you catch a break is once you go down to Central Florida, then you go up to Pitt. Now you come back home and you take on Duke. I understand Duke is 3-0. and I thought game day should have gone to Lawrence, Kansas this week for Duke and Kansas because they're undefeated. But let's face it, Duke's not all that good of a football team. It's been a great start, but they're not a good football team. Then you have Virginia at home. That's a very beatable team. They barely squeaked by. Randy Mack almost had his uh, upset special of the week come through. Old Dominion almost beat Virginia. Virginia's not good. So there is a couple of opportunities to pick up wins. But the difference between, let's say, you lose the pit and you beat Central Florida. The difference between one and four and two and three might be enough to say this is not going the right direction. Now, look, I believe this is just my gut that if they're two and three, Collins will coach out the rest of the year because two and three means you come back to play Duke and Virginia. You could win one or both of those games. And that could be enough to kind of say they're not going to win six. They're not going to a bowl game this year. But it can get him through the rest of the season. If you're one and four coming back home to play Duke and Virginia and all, nobody wants to see you. And it ain't like you're going to sell out the stadium anyway, but you're going to lose your fan base completely if you're one and four and you're going to come back home and try to sell anybody on things are going to turn around now. Just like with the Falcons. There is a difference between 1-2 and 0-3. And, 
One and four ain't going to sell anybody on that there's any hope. You, you beat Western Carolina. It was what it was. But if you can at least go down and beat Central, who's not that good, by the way, been watching Central Florida. Watch that whole game against Louisville a couple weeks ago. Central Florida's okay. Plumlee's not a great quarterback. They run the football pretty well. They got a few playmakers on defense. But right now for the Gus bus, it ain't nothing special down there. If they're one and four after their first five, I don't think Jeff Collins can survive that. And I'm not saying they're going to fire him that very day or week or whatever like that. But before they get into their bye week and they get in that second half of the schedule, they may end up making a change. Because one and four, they're going to, at that point, I do believe we're talking about two and ten. We're headed toward Bill Lewis territory if that's what. And remember, what was it? Four years after they won the national championship, Bill Lewis took them to a winless season. I think Ryan Stewart was on that team, was he not? I think Ryan Stewart was on that on that team. I think it was 94 where they went winless, like four years after they'd won the national title that they went winless. I think Ryan Stewart was on that team with Bill Lewis. And you thought that that bottomed out. And obviously they made a change. They went to O'Leary and things got much better, right? Now, this is not a matter of, boy, I bet you wish you had Paul Johnson. No. I heard Bo Morgan talk about it. Go look at Paul Johnson's last four years. There's nothing special about what Paul Johnson did the last four years. They had a nine-win season. The rest of the time, they weren't a very good football team. They had a three-win season mixed in with that. But because they had one nine-win season, everybody's like, well, you know, Paul. They weren't a very good football team the last four years of Paul Johnson's tenure. And he was going into his eighth year here. Eighth year here he was going into. It's not like he was a first- or second-year coach going into it. He was in his eighth year in the program by the time he was at that point. And their last four years weren't very good. So there's there's a lot of myth versus reality about the end of Paul Johnson's tenure here. They weren't a very good football team. I was going to say, and let's not act like people weren't calling for his job well, yeah, but those I mean, last three let's years. Let's not act like that they overachieved yeah, under Paul exactly. Johnson's last four yeah, years. Like you they, know, there were t- look. The year that they played old, uh, they played Mississippi State and all that. Yeah, they had some really good years, mm-hmm. but but the end of that tenure, remember that that yeah. one year where they were the three win team. The one win was the miracle on Tenth Street yep. over here, whatever. When they had the block kick against uh, Florida State to exactly. win. Exactly. Yep. Wasn't like they were competitive their last four years under Paul Johnson. That's myth. And they couldn't get their quarterback right, and their offense couldn't do nothing. That was all myth. And he was in his eighth year here by that point. Do I think Jeff Collins is the answer? No, I don't. I don't have to pay the guy, though, to walk away. And I understand 10.5 versus 2.4 is very intriguing. But at 1-4, and four, if that's where they start this year, there's no reason to keep Jeff Collins for the rest of the year. There's no reason to put him up when they go to Florida State and get clobbered, when they get clobbered by North Carolina, when they get clobbered, what do you think Georgia's going to do to them? What, what do you think Georgia's going to do to them at the end of the year? There's no At that point, it becomes there isn't a real reason. By the way, they're, they're, the final part of their schedule, at Florida State, at Virginia Tech, home with Miami, at North Carolina, at Georgia. 
four of your five last games are on the road, including Florida State, North Carolina, who played really well. Your home game is against 25th-ranked Miami, who I understand they just lost. Miami is way more talented than what Georgia Tech is. And I don't even want to talk about Georgia. You saved the worst for last. I've said for weeks, this is the swing game. You beat Central Florida, you've at least got a pulse. I don't think he's the long-term answer. And my message to B would be, if they move on from Jeff Collins this year, I'm going to ask the same question that Nebraska should be asking themselves. Why did it not work out here? Before you start telling me who's the next coach or this, that, and the other, why did Scott Frost not work at Nebraska? Why did Jeff Collins not work out here? I think for Jeff Collins, it starts with recruiting. And you also can't get a guy like Jameer Gibbs and develop him and watch him walk away. I know it's a new era and a new dawn of college football, and kids are going to move all over the place. You can't lose that caliber of player off your roster because you can't just arbitrarily bring in a guy. You know, Alabama can lose those players. Look at Georgia's defense. And I and listen, we talk to Mike Griffith every Saturday on our college football show. He keeps trying to sell everybody on this Georgia defense is not going to be as good as does anything about Georgia's defense look like it's not as good as it was last year? I don't give a damn how many NFL guys they lost. Guess what? All of those guys are all going to play on Sunday. You think Keely Ringo, Nolan Smith, and Jalen Carter aren't going to play in the NFL next year? Well, that's three guys you can start with. Christopher Smith, he ain't going to play on Sunday? All of those guys are going to play in the league because that's what Georgia does. If they lose on Saturday and they're going to go lose up in pit, when they come back home, you might as well have a new coach at that point. Again, I, this is the swing game. I will ride or die with Jeff Collins this Saturday. And I'm going to try to watch that game if I can. Because they still do the same things. Turn the football over, penalties, shoot themselves in the foot. Jeff Sims hasn't taken a big enough jump in year three in the program to tell me that they're ready to win games with them. And you can't lose players the caliber of Jameer Gibbs and just replace those guys. They don't get Malachi Carter the ball enough. I think he had one catch on Saturday. I don't know if they can get this thing turned around. But if they can win on Saturday, at least you have some sort of pulse. And now you're, you know, you're because they're going to lose at Pitt. And now at least if you come back home, even at two and three, you feel like there's some pulse there with two bad football teams. You're one and four. You might as well just say, hasta lasagna, don't get any on you. And it may cost you $8 million more. That's why you have alumni. You go find one of those rich guys to go help bail your program out. All right, when we come back, uh, it will be time for That's Life. Um, I've got for Day Day the top 10 online shopping sites for the year 2022, plus our top 10 as well. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, sports right now to the game, odyssey.com app.
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, back with you on the John Chuckra Show. 9.22, live in the Kia Studios. You know what time it is. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. 404-741-0929. That's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media at 9.29 The Game, at JMSH316 on Twitter. Hey, uh, Mike Valente and Jim Costa have the Cash the Ticket podcast to help you bet smarter on both pro and college games. You can check them out for free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast from. New episodes come out every Thursday and Friday. We'll get to our top ten here in just a minute. All right, Day Day. Yes, this sir. comes This comes from Curve USA, okay? okay. All right. The top ten online shopping sites mm-hmm. for 2022. Okay. What would you guess is number one? This should be pretty easy. Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Amazon.com is number one. What do you think number two is? Ooh. Uh, Uber? I mean, not Uber. Yeah, Uber Eats, rather, I should say. Um, No. Number two, OnlyFans.com. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. Well, the amount of money some of these people say they're making, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. OnlyFans.com is number yeah. two. eBay is three. Okay. eBay? People still use eBay, huh? I, I use eBay. Really? I actually do. Yes, it's I do. It's been a few years for me. Yeah. I, is there another site besides eBay? Uh, I mean, for me, eBay is for those things that you can't find. Like, if I, like, you well, know. Well, yeah. Like, if I, you know, if, if I go for sports memorabilia and stuff exactly. like that, I go to yeah, eBay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Target.com is number four. Okay. Bestbuy.com is number five. Hmm. This one blows me away, and I don't know how this is. I don't. I don't know how this is possible. Number six, okay, LongJohnSilvers.com. The restaurant? I guess. Is that the restaurant LongJohnSilvers.com? I mean, I'm looking up to see if it actually is the. Re- it's. Yeah. Wow. Well, really? I mean, it takes me to. 
It takes me to J or LJSilvers.com or whatever. Well, maybe they have some other restaurant chains that kind of automatically go back into that Could domain. Be. I don't know. That's that one seems impossible to believe, but I somehow it's number six on yeah, here. That's interesting. Number seven, Home Depot.com. Okay. Number eight, Walmart.com. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with this one at number nine, Etsy.com. I've seen that before. E-T-S-Y.com. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've before. heard the name, but I don't even know what yeah, it is. I think you can get like, it's kind of trinkety. Like you can get jewelry. Antiques you, or something like that. Or, that nature, I believe. Yeah. Okay. And then number 10 is Kohl's.com. Kohl's, okay. So, uh, again, I think the OnlyFans is fantastic that that's number two out there. Yeah, I'm not surprised, though. Again, yeah. the amount of money some of Absolutely. these people are making off of that thing, Absolutely. man. Shoot, I listen. mean, isn't that kind of where, like, these porn stars have gone now? Yeah, listen. Only fans I, that you can charge for your content Hey, stuff? listen, if I was in shape, I'd be some kind of masked uh, male get me some money. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, everybody's got to have a gimmick, right? Everybody's yeah. got to have a gimmick. All right, a 2001 SP Authentic Stars rookie card of Tiger Woods. That's an autographed card numbered 842 of 900. So there were 900 of these autographed cards made of Mm -hmm. Tiger Woods in 2001. It's got his autograph on it in blue uh, Sharpie ink, um, graded out at a nine and a half, which is a gem mint card. Recently sold at auction for $11,000. To be specific, $10,905.99. $11,000 for a 2001 Tiger Woods autograph card. These people that have this money just lying around. (laughs) This This is insane. And how about this one? Consumers are expected to spend $2.9 billion on Halloween costumes this year. Oh, really? They say that Halloween Halloween spending is expected to reach over 10 billion with 2.9 billion spent on costumes this year. You know, you know what? That's Ooh. probably tied to to COVID and and the lockdowns because you got to think yeah. about it, people really didn't get to do right. Halloween the way they would have done it traditionally. You know, maybe last year, maybe they got a kind of touch on it. because my daughter did it all. Right. So but, we, were but, out, we were out on the streets. Yeah, but prior, you know, prior to that, people really didn't get to Halloween the yeah. way they traditionally would. Yeah. So $2.9 that's billion a lot of money. Dollars on, on Halloween costumes. That's, that's a crazy uh, number out there. All right. Today is Double A's birthday. Not Alex Anthopoulos. The Enforcer. The real Double A. Yes. Arn Anderson. Yes. Again, we've had Arn. You know, we had Arn on the show. No, I yes, did not. We had we, during the pandemic. Actually, wow, okay. when I was doing the shows from home, we had Arn Anderson on, and I love Double A. And and I've always said, I think he's one of the most underrated wrestlers yeah. promos of all time. Yeah. And, and he was fantastic on the microphone, fantastic in the ring. Mm-hmm. But you know, he wasn't a cha- you know he wasn't Ric Flair. Right. You know, he wasn't. Right. He wasn't. It wasn't flash. Same, right. Yeah. But when you talk about a guy who could wrestle with anybody and he could cut as good a promo mm-hmm. as anybody in the business, that was Arn Anderson. Yes. So in honor of the great Arn Anderson okay. tonight, tonight's top 10 list, the top 10 most underrated wrestlers of all time. Day day, the floor is yours. All right. Well, Arn Anderson actually is on my list. He's on mine as well. All right. Uh, Greg Valentine. 
is on my huh. list. I've got Greg Valentine on mine as well. Yes. Let me tell you. Let me tell you a quick story. Uh-huh. The first wrestling I ever went to live okay. was in 1984 uh-huh. at the Civic Center in Canton, Ohio. Okay. And it was WWF. Right. Well, at that time, WWF was running like four shows a night. Mm-hmm. They had an A-Town, B-Town, C-Town, D-Town. Right. A-Towns were New York, Philly, and place like that. Right. They got Hulk Hogan. Right. Our main events in Canton, Ohio, mm-hmm. were like, because he's also on my list as well. Our main events were Tito Santana yeah, versus Greg Valentine. Yep, he's on my list. That yep. was the kinds of main event. One time we got King Kong Bundy. Okay. One time we got Big John Stud. Okay. We did get one time um, Junkyard Dog, but okay, remember, JYD, yeah. Junkyard Dog by that point was not. This was not the Bill Watts right. selling out the Superdome Junkyard right. Dog. This is mid late '80s Junkyard Dog, who was known as the Junk Food Dog, right, right, because right, he couldn't right, stop right, eating junk food, right. but. That was our main events, was the Intercontinental title mm. or Brutus Beefcake. Yep. You know. He's on but, my list. But Tito Santana, Greg, yeah. those were the kinds of main events we got. And Valentine, I thought, was a terrific wrestler. Yeah, I, he was. I thought it was a good promo, terrific wrestler. Mm-hmm. But he was a guy that was easy to hate in the WWF yeah. in those days. Yeah. And yeah. Tito Santana, Jesse Ventura would talk about him <laughs> with the flying burrito. Yeah. He would always call him Chico. But both of those guys I, I always admired and always thought they were really underrated. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned uh, Tito Santana. He's mm-hmm. on my list. Uh, Rick Martel. Yeah. Uh, the, he, he was great as the model. Yeah. Um, he had the famous blindfold match with Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah. Yep. And then he was great in the AWA in those days, too. Yep. He was actually their heavyweight champion um, toward the end of their run uh, mm-hmm. there. Yep. Um, very underrated performer. He's a guy that, believe it or not, He's one of the top guys that people talk about needs to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Oh, wow. Because he okay. is not in the WWE Hall okay. of Fame. Okay. So he, you talk about the guys who are not in that should be in. Right. Rick Martel should be in the WWE. And by the way, Tito Santana, Strike uh-huh. Force. Yeah. What a, that was a yeah, great yeah, tag team, yeah, man. Him yeah, and Tito, sure, yeah. Tito Santana, yeah. Strike Force, those guys were fantastic. Yeah. Yep, they were. Um, all right, I got uh, Raven when he came over oh, yeah. from, uh, from you know, uh, ECW. He was magnificent yeah. in ECW. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I liked him in WCW. Eric Bischoff always talks about he did not get the character. I thought he right. was great in WCW too, yep. but he was fantastic in yeah. ECW. Yep. Uh, William Regal, like he was He's not. So list. he wasn't a fan favorite, so to, you know, in that sense of mine. We've had but him just, on the show, but Listen, just how he did things as it, a heel. First off, him and Fit Finley beat the hell out of one another in yes. '95, '96. Yes. Those guys beat the hell because they were friends. <laughs> yeah, and they beat the hell out of it. That stuff that he did with Tajiri uh-huh. in the WWE, yes, that is some of the funniest stuff that <laughs> WWE ever did. He's fantastic. Look, he wrestled the opening match at WrestleMania 17 against Jericho. Terrific yeah. match. Yeah, I love. I William Regal was one of the guys I really wanted to talk to mm-hmm. in AEW, and we got him on the show a couple, a few months back. I love William Regal. Yeah. I'm with you. He's very underrated. Yeah, you know, uh, he started wrestling at like. 15 years old. Yeah, I did read that. Yeah, he was really young. Yes. All right, I'll run through the last couple because I know we got to get to your list. Uh, Rob Van Dam is on my list. Oh, I love terrific. me some Ram, Rob love Van Dam. Rob Van Dam. Mr. Uh, Monday Night, yes, remember? Yep. Uh, Big Van Vader. Um, and then Jake the Snake and Brutus the Barber Beefcake. My favorite Ric Flair match, believe it or not, uh-huh. is Starcade 93 against Vader. Vader, yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, Harley Race was his manager. Yeah. 
But that's my favorite Ric Flair match. That yeah. match was tremendous. That was yeah. the road to glory or mm-hmm. whatever that, mm-hmm. that Flair was coming back. And this, yeah. that, you know, because remember, he had to sit out for a while after he came back from the WWE. Coming, yep, exactly. You yep. know, and all that. And that kind of, and they do that whole lead up to it with, mm-hmm. they show they show Ashley, who's obviously yeah. Charlotte Flair now. Yeah. They show his sister, who's now Conrad's wife and all yeah. that. They show his ex-wife, who yeah. was his wife at the time and all that. But that Flair, that Flair gold or, or road to mm-hmm. glory or whatever, he, he, that was, fa- and that's my favorite Ric yeah. Flair matches, him and, him and Vader yeah. and all that. All right, so I've got Arn Anderson on my list as well. I've got Tito Santana and Greg Valentine. Mm-hmm. Told you I've got William Regal on my list. Yep. I have two women okay. on my list. I love Jackie Moore. Yeah. And if you ask Jim, yeah. well, uh, let me put it this way. I have a really good Jackie Moore story I was told uh-huh. by a WWE Hall of Famer that I cannot repeat and talk about on air. Oh, wow. But I was told by a WWE Hall of Famer this great story about Jackie Moore and some of her proclivities. But if you talk to Jim Ross, mm-hmm. he'll tell you she was as important of a female wrestler because she could work with anybody. Mm-hmm. She was a good worker. She had a great look and all that. Right. And, you know, they needed some performers like that before they got, obviously, the whole women's division. But right. very underrated. She could train with people, all kinds of stuff. The other woman I've got is Victoria. Oh, yeah, Victoria. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had yeah, the yeah, look. Yeah, yeah, She had the ability. Fantastic performer. Yep. Um, not just Arn. I've got Ole Anderson as Ole, well. Ole, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Ole was tremendous on the mic. Old, cranky, tough guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> great in the ring. Ole Anderson, obviously, here in Georgia Championship Wrestling. Uh-huh. He owned it, booked it, and all that kind of stuff. But Ole Anderson, very underrated. And my final three. Hurricane Helms. Oh, yeah. That gimmick that he had yeah, in yeah. the early two. I was at the Royal Rumble 2002 here in Atlanta okay. at Phillips Arena. Yeah. When he came out, he got a huge pop. And that, when he went to, cho- he, he did, he grabbed Triple H by the yeah. throat. He grabbed Austin by the yeah. throat. And he acted like he was going to choke slam both. He was fantastic. Yes. And now he's a producer. Now he's behind the scenes training and 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 is an agent and producer behind the scenes. Oh wow, okay. But he was fantastic. Yeah, he that was. That was a great oh, yeah. gimmick and a great character. Yeah. And my last two, one really old school, Barry Windham. Barry Windham, yeah, yeah, yeah. Barry yeah. Windham. Barry Windham, in yeah. About 87, 88. Yeah. Might have been the best wrestler in the business. Yeah. And let me tell you, he was part of before that. One of my five favorite tag, tag teams team. of all time. That was him and uh, Mike Rotundo. Rotundo, yes. U.S. Yes, Express. Yes, U.S. Express. Ba- yes. Iron Sheik and Nikolai yes. Volkov. Yes, I had Captain, those action figures. With Captain yes. Lou Albano. That was yes. one of my favorite tag teams yes. of all time. The U.S. Express. Yep. He was a tremendous performer. And this guy's been with the WWE for a long time. And I thought his title run was fantastic, and that's Kofi Kingston. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. That. Kofi's, yeah. I loved it, yeah. the build-up to WrestleMania, yeah. him winning at WrestleMania. Yeah. I thought he's terrific. He's been with him a long time. Yeah. I've had him on the show. He trained in South Georgia. Oh, wow. We've okay. had Kofi Kingston on the show as well. So hit us up with your list as well. When we get back, Bob Nightingale, our Odyssey MLB Insider, joined us early in the show. We'll talk some baseball with him. Chuck Green, the Key Studios, Sports Radio, Inside the Game, the Odyssey.com app.
Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show, live in the Kia studios on this Tuesday evening, 404-741-0929. That's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 929 the game. I'm at JMCH316. Let's head out to the wadeford.com hotline, Atlanta's Ford dealer. Let's talk to our MLB insider for Odyssey. Bob Nightingale is joining us. And insider calls are brought to you by driveway.com. Looking for a car? Go to driveway.com and get pre-qualified, buy a car, and get it delivered. And, of course, you can find Bob on Twitter at B Nightingale. Bob, as always, man, appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes here in Atlanta again. Yeah, my pleasure, Chuck. All right, before I get into a question, I want to ask you about the Braves. Is there a worse contract in Major League Baseball than Patrick Corbin, who's already been pulled out of this game after 12 pitches already? He's owed $60 million by the Nationals yet for 34 losses and a 5.95 ERA in the last years. Is there any contract in baseball worse than Patrick Corbin's right now? Well, if you're sticking to the same team, you can go to Patrick. You can go to yeah. a uh, Strasburg. Uh, uh, Strasburg. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's pitched uh, 34, 33 innings since he signed for 245 million. So it's not the worst contract. Strasburg's the worst contract. Just in the same team, Anthony Rendon with the Angels. I mean, uh, he's not playing since he signed the 245 million dollar contract. So there's a bunch. There's a bunch worse than Patrick Corbin. Believe me. Yeah, they're they're and they all tie into the Nationals, don't they? In one form or another, it seems like. All right, Bob, I need your help with something. Okay, I know you're part of the Baseball Writers Association of America. I need you to start reaching out. I'm 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 passing the message on. I need you to reach out to all of your brethren. There has to be a split with the Rookie of the Year this year. Strider and Harris both have to win, and it's been done before. But I don't think that there is an argument, Bob, as to why one of those guys should finish second this year with how outstanding both of those guys have been. It's going to be a fascinating vote. I don't. I, I vote for the uh, NL MVP, so I don't have a, uh, a rookie vote. But it's going to be fascinating. It's so close. I mean, Harris is an everyday player. Strider is, you know, doing uh, historic things. Uh, yeah, it's going to be unbelievable. The vote. I, I would still think Harris has got a slight, slight edge, but it could go either direction. But you're right. I mean, both guys deserve it. I mean, they're going to go. They're going to finish one, two, or two, one. I said, Bob, and we're joined by our Odyssey MLB insider Bob Nightingale on the WaitFor.com hotline. I said, I don't know, a couple of months ago, that I haven't seen a rookie just blow people away since Doc Gooden. I mean, that's the last guy. And, and, you know, Fernando had a monster year, but he threw that big screwball, but he was blowing people away too. But I haven't seen a rookie since Doc Gooden just come in and blow people away. Is there anybody you can think of that, that when you think about what Strider's done, that reminds you of any other kind of rookie pitching performance? You know, uh, not top of my head, but I will say this, not not to uh, diminish what he's done, but, you know, back when Doc Gooden pitched, it was embarrassing to strike out. Nobody, you know, uh, struck out 200 times. Nowadays, guys strike out right and left and don't care about it. So I would not compare his rookie season to Doc Gooden just because of that. You know, we're talking, uh, you know, Scherzer a few years ago is about to pass – you know, Bob Gibson, you know, he had churches from St. Louis. 
And he goes, I wish it could mean as much. But, you know, guys back then were in bursts to strike out. You know, guys now are not. Bob Nightingale joining us on the WaitFor.com hotline. What do you make of Matt Olson? You know, on one hand, he's going to be a 30-100 and 100 guy. On the other hand, he's been awful here in September, and he's had some real streaks where he's been really good and really cold. What do you kind of make of, you know, and by the way, defensive war, he's actually a minus .3 on the season with his defensive war rating. What do you kind of make of Matt Olson's first season in Atlanta? I think Matt's had a solid season, not a you know unbelievable season by any means. Uh, you know, Freddie Freeman's had a better season, but Freddie's in a better lineup too. And Matt Olson with the Dodger lineup it might be different. So it's been a solid season. You remember a lot of these guys when they change teams, it's a tough adjustment. So I still think Matt Olson is a uh, outstanding first baseman, outstanding defensive player. And you know what? You know, no matter what happens, is that. They're going to remember what he does in, uh, you know, October, you know, and, and not what he did during the season. October is what counts. Odyssey MLB insider Bob Nightingale joining us on the WaitFor.com hotline. It really does, Bob, feel like that this division is probably going to be decided with those three games with the with the Mets and Braves, which I guess is, you know, pretty much everything we could want because that's the second-to-last series of the year for for these two teams. It does feel like it's just going to be neck and neck right down to the end of this thing. It does. I mean, uh, the uh, Braves have to sweep to get to home. They get the uh, you know, tiebreaker advantage too. So that might be a little bit tough to do that. But if they, if they do that, you know, I, I think they'll win the division. I, you know, I predicted the uh, Atlanta win the division all along. And I still think they're going to win the world series, you know, but we'll see, you know, the Mets are, uh, you know, I think if Atlanta can, you know, force the Mets to play a wild card series, it's advantageous because then, you know, they're going to waste their first two guys in the wild card series. You know, you're not going to have both the uh, both studs in the uh, division series right away. You have a different guy starting, uh, you know, game one. So you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I, uh, I still like Atlanta with division. Let's uh, bounce around the league a little bit, Bob. Um, is there really, is there a really good argument to really be had about the AL MVP? I know with Otani and Judge, and there's been a lot of Twitter chatter about all this and the other. I just look at Judge as just this is a remarkable season that he's having, and I'm not saying Otani hasn't been great, but I I, I just don't I, I don't know in my mind I guess I just don't know how Judge isn't the MVP of the American League. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. I think he should be unanimous. He's obviously not going to be. Uh, it's a, it's the most viable player award. It's not the best, not the best player award. If it was the best player award, we would have given it to uh, Barry Bonds 20 straight years. If you go back, Chuck, I mean, uh, 88, uh, Kurt Gibson, his numbers were dwarfed by, by uh, Gerald Strawberry. He won the MVP. Uh, remember when Terry Pelton won the MVP for Atlanta? Yeah. His numbers were dwarfed by Bonds, too. So, uh, it's, you know, most viable player, not best player. It was the best player. Barry Bonds should have won it every single play, every single year he played. You, you know, Bob, you bring up an interesting thing because I, I've always had this. I mean, the, the most famous argument is 87 when Dawson comes over to the Cubs and he goes 49 for 137, you know, playing in that outfield and on grass and, you know, it was a remarkable season. But if you look, you know, Ozzie Smith for the Cardinals that year, 
you know, who they would eventually, you know, end up in the World Series. But when you looked at his offensive and defensive numbers and everything, he was way more valuable than what Dawson was to a last-place Cubs team. The the pulse of the writers, do you think that there are a lot of guys who get enamored by stats or, you know, are a lot of guys moving into that, look, it's value, not just big numbers? I think too many guys are enamored with the stats. They really do. I mean, when Pendleton won it, he wasn't the best player. It was Bonds. Uh, You know, we talked about, you know, Gibson was the best player. It was was definitely Strawberry. You know, you go on and on. But, you know, it's not the best player award. That's, you know, for the Hank Aaron Award. It's valuable. You know, with the the, uh, Yankees being the postseason, you know, without uh, Judge, I don't think so. Uh, You know. The Angels would be, you know, sinking the place up whether me and you were pitching or hitting for them. So it's it's viable player work. Let's uh I want to talk about the Indians for a minute, Bob. How much of a threat are they in the American League? And where does Jose Ramirez fit in the MVP discussion? Not saying he deserves to win it, but again, another outstanding season. And he's one of the more underrated players, I think, in Major League Baseball. Very good. He's probably gonna finish third. Uh you can argue he's finished second, but I think with Otani and everything else, Otani will finish second. But no, the Guardians are a fabulous team. They got like 15 guys who made their major league debuts this year. I don't see them getting to World Series, but I do see them making a nice big run in the uh, L Central like the old days, and uh, you know winning this thing year after year. So we'll see what happens. But a uh, outstanding job, and probably gonna make Terry Francona the manager of the year. All right, let me ask you this question. If if we're in the last handful of games, and I think the Cardinals, I I, I, can't, I I know they've got a whole bunch of games with the Pirates, and I think it's the last two series of the year is the Cardinals and Pirates. I think I think it's I think it's a, a home and home series with the Pirates. If right. Pool, if Poolhouse is sitting, he's at six ninety eight, and obviously you know let's say if he's six ninety eight six ninety nine, and he goes into that that last series, the Pirates are arguably one of the three worst teams in all of Major League Baseball. I know you're probably not going to like this. Don't you have to groove a pitch to him and make sure he gets the 700? I wouldn't say you groove a pitch, but you give him a hittable pitch. Okay. You give, you know, you throw a fastball. You're not trying to be tricky or cute or anything like that. You're going to give him a chance. If he hits a home run, he does. You know, you're not going to throw a – if you can throw 95, you're not going to throw 88 miles an hour fastball. You throw your 95 mile hour fastball, but I do believe that you know, uh, you know, you give him a chance. You know, almost like Bonds, people didn't give Bonds a chance. People gave McGuire a chance. Then people did. McGuire hit five home runs his last three games against Montreal. So they they not say they grew pitches, but they threw pitches they could hit out. So particularly in St. Louis, if he breaks the record in Pittsburgh, it's not going to be the same if he uh, breaks it in St. Louis. Yeah, and Bob, I mean, I know there's the, you know, these unwritten rules, and trust me, I'm a 50-year-old guy, so I'm not some just, you know, just born last week kind of millennial or whatever. I mean, that's always been there in this and the other. But, look, this is this is a staggering accomplishment for this guy to be where he's at and still having the season that he is. Maybe it's not the the proper unwritten rule thing, but it does feel like for the good of baseball, and baseball can use all the good PR 
that it can use because, let's face it, the, the front office of Major League Baseball is the pariah among fans that this would be the perfect topper to this regular season is for Pujols to end it on the note of 700 homers and joining that club and, and being in that group, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's really fourth of all time, but 700 is just a magic number. That'd be the most magical number in, in all of uh, sports, not just baseball. So, yeah, it'd be very cool to hit for him to hit 700. Uh, you know, big thing for them was he passed uh, A-Rod for fourth on the all-time list. But 697 is a magical number, 700 is. Last question, Bob. A lot of people looked at San Diego, you know, kind of right before the Tatis situation, suspension and all that, and said, well, this is going to be a really good team, and they can cause some damage. Then if they get Tatis back, blah, 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 blah. How dangerous is San Diego, though? Like, how, how realistically in the National League? The Mets, Braves, Dodgers feel like that they're so far ahead of San Diego, St. Louis, and even the Phillies and all that, that I don't know how, how far even San Diego's going to get against some of those top teams. I don't either. I just saw him for four games. You know, that, that pitching can scare you, particularly in that best of five. If they can throw a Darvish and Musgrove at you, that's a dangerous duo. You know, they still have a, uh, you know, Blake Snell uh, after that, you know, Clevenger after that. So, you know, they got a nice lineup, too. Uh, you know, Soto has not hit since he got traded. He's been a bust since he uh, traded. But they can be dangerous. Uh, St. Louis can, too. I think people are sleeping on St. Louis. Uh, they know how to win in October. Veteran group, uh, they're a scary team. So both the uh, San Diego and St. Louis are scary teams. Uh, but I'm with you. I mean, the best three teams easily are, uh, you know, Dodgers by themselves. Then, uh, you know, Atlanta and Mets grouped together. You can follow him on Twitter, at B Nightingale. He is our Odyssey MLB insider, and insider crawls are brought to you by Driveway.com. Head to Driveway.com today to shop more than 25,000 new and used cars in Driveway's nationwide inventory. And he joined us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Bob, as always, appreciate it, man. Thanks uh, so much. I know we're going to be chatting pretty regularly here, so thank you so much as always. Look forward to it, Chuck. All yeah. right, take care, buddy. You got Bye. it. John Chuck, we're here in the Key Studios. Sports right now to the game. Odyssey.com app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.